Welcome to Inspired by Faith, a program of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. My name is Emily Jaminette, and I'm here in studio with Michelle Family. Hello, Emily. It is so great to be here. Have a, have a great day. It is, and I'm really excited about this program's, this episode's topic. We're going to be talking about friendship with the saints. So this topic is one that's very near and dear to our heart. And, you know, we talk about this in a number of our books, especially the, the Friendship Project, our friend Faustina, and the book that we wrote, Prayfully. It's been interesting to hear some women respond when we talk about this idea of saints and friendship. And many of them said that they didn't have a relationship with the saints, but after starting to understand that they wanted it. So that's our desire, is that they long for that friendship. Now, one of my favorite quotes, Michelle, that you wrote in our book, Our Friend Faustina, is you said, sometimes we speak to the saints begging their intercession before the throne of God. Other times, however, the saints speak to us asking us to continue the good work they began on earth. Our heavenly friends who have gone before us are not far removed from us. Rather, they are still part of our lives. As Lumen Gentium states, their friendship is not weakened or interrupted by their death, but instead strengthened by the bonds of our faith and communication of spiritual goods. So I think that's a great quote to start this episode on, because in many ways, you know, that's that's what it is. It's it's us seeking them, but also them inviting us to extend the mission. Yeah, I love it. It's it's not weakened or interrupted by death, right? We can still have this amazing friendship with these holy intercessors, you know, the communion of saints. It is us here on earth and those in purgatory and those in heaven. And I think I love reading what some of the saints have said about this. You know, we read in St. Faustina's diary, she said, I feel certain that my mission will not come to an end upon my death, but will begin and then, you know, St. Teresa of Avila, I mean, St. Teresa of Lisieux, um, she wrote, after my death, I will f- let sh- fall a shower of roses. I will spend my heaven doing good upon earth. I will raise up a mighty host of little saints. My mission is to make God loved. So these saints, they want to spend their eternity helping us here on earth to, to get to heaven with them. And I think one of my favorite stories when we, we wrote about in the Friendship Project is about Teresa of Avila, who had a wonderful inseparable companion, sister Anne of St. Bartholomew, who's now blessed. And she actually, Teresa of Avila actually died in her arms. And the beautiful thing is that after her death, she appeared to sister Anne and told her, she said, ask a favor of me and I will obtain it for you from God. And what blessed Anne asked was that the whole, the spirit of God always dwell in her soul. And she went on to continue the mission of Teresa of Avila and continued to reform the Carmelite, um, monasteries and the order and formed many new ones. So through that friendship on earth that was continued into heaven, she too became a blessed, a great saint. Isn't that really inspiring? And to think that we can pick up these missions, right? That we can extend what maybe a work of mercy that began a number of years ago, maybe even a hundred or two or 300 years ago, that these reformers, you know, that it's just so encouraging. And that's why I think this idea of friendship with the saints is one that um, gives us so much inspiration. 
Yeah, and I love we've been, you know, we say tapped on the shoulder by St. Faustina to share the mission of divine mercy and the message of God's love and God's mercy for, for everyone. And we've had the privilege and honor of speaking about this all over the United States. And we never, you know, in a million years thought, you know, this was going to be a part of our, our journey. But we feel like we were touched by St. Faustina's words and the words in her diary and we were able to then share this with others and so many, it's been so beautiful to see people reaching out to us and say, wow, I read our friend Faustina and I didn't know anything about St. Faustina before and now I want to read the diary, right? And so it introduces them to these these wonderful saints that are going to help lead them on their spiritual journey. And it's the, how the new evangelization is spread, right? Through, we've always said this, um, saints beget saints, is that when you have that encounter, you, you can really really just um, grow and, and be like, I want what they had. And that's that's what's just um, so inspiring. And, you know, it brings to mind, we do have a special guest. This We do love special guests, don't we? Absolutely. It's our favorite part. You <laughs> it's know? our favorite part. We do have a special guest of just another amazing, authentic Catholic author and, and mom and speaker. And I'm going to go through her bio in a minute. But um, our friend Claire Dwyer will be coming on and speaking about this new book, and she's going to really introduce to us a new saint. So um, today's guest if we are going to introduce is a little known but fast ascending saint, St. Elizabeth of the Trinity, um, is our saint of the day. And the book is The Present Paradise, A Spiritual Journey with St. Elizabeth of the Trinity, written by Claire Dwyer. Now, Claire works for the Avalon Institute as editor and contributor of their website, spiritualdirection.com. Her work is also featured in various Catholic sites, including catholicmom.com, endowgroups.com, and the National Catholic Register, and on her very own blog, eventhesparrows.com. She speaks frequently on the topics of saints, spirituality, respect for life, and the mission and vocation of women in the church today. Claire has led a large women's group out of Phoenix, her parish, for the last six years and has a passion for helping women and seeing the beauty and possibility of their own interior lives in the unrepeatable place of the church. She has a degree in theology from Franciscan University of of Steubenville, and she is now a student of the Avila Institute graduate program in spiritual theology. But most importantly, she is married to her husband of 22 years, Delaney, and they have six children. So what a gift. Claire, welcome to our program today. Ladies, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you and talk to you about St. Elizabeth, who is a dear friend of mine, um, and on the topic of saints, which, you know, we just can't get enough of, right? Absolutely. And, you know, it's fun because our paths have crossed this way and that way. And, you know, we've we've been able to develop a friendship. We both, all three of us went to Franciscan, which is really, really special. And, you know, when this book came out, I have to tell you, I... I looked at it and I'm like, ooh, I don't think I know this saint. And I feel like, Michelle and I feel like we know a lot. What do you think, Michelle? I know. It's like, wait, I haven't heard of this saint and I'm super excited to meet her. So I've been so, you know, enjoying so much reading about her and learning about her, her life. So thanks for sharing her with us. Yeah, well, I, a priest said this once in a homily and it just rang so true that I repeat it all the time now. But he said, you know, we don't, we think we find the saints, and the reality is they find us. So when we discover a saint, it's probably because they were tapping us on the shoulder, and from heaven they were like, okay, I think that I want to get to know her. Um, and I think that's true anyway in my case with St. Elizabeth of the Trinity. 
Um, you're not alone if you haven't heard of her because she was just canonized in 2016 by Pope Francis, although she died in 1906. So she was kind of hidden for over 100 years, which is actually, and I'm sure we'll maybe get to this um, as we talk more, but part of her charism, because as you kind of alluded to in the beginning, um, the saints become more themselves when they get to heaven. They have personalities just like us, and rather than being diminished when they die, they actually become more themselves. And so Elizabeth had a particular charism for kind of being hidden in God, and true to her charism, she kind of remained hidden for a hundred years, but no more. Um, she is definitely making a, a, an entrance on the church today. And so I encountered her, first of all, in um, one of the classes I was taking in spiritual theology at the Avila Institute. And I was a busy mom. I'm like all of us. I was multitasking. I was pushing my kids in the backyard on the swing set while doing my homework, which was reading. Um, and for this class on the divine indwelling and the Holy Spirit, one of the required readings was this retreat written by the saint I'd never heard of, um, St. Elizabeth of the Trinity. Actually, I have to go backwards. She was a blessed at the time. I first encountered her before she was even canonized. And we were reading this um, retreat that she wrote for her sister, who was a mom at home with two little girls. And as I was pushing my two little kids on the swing set and reading this retreat by this beautiful Carmelite with this deep interior life, who was inviting her married sister into the same spirituality that she had, I just remember closing the book on the spot and thinking, this is it. This is the bridge between that Carmelite spirituality that I love. Like, who doesn't love St. Therese? You know, St. John of the Cross, St. Teresa of Avila, these like pillars of the church when it comes to prayer and the interior life. But here was a saint that was so relatable and had this understanding of the, of the life of a mom at home, and she could translate the Carmelite charism to this, you know, lay woman in the world. And I thought, I need to know more. So I read everything I could about her, and then when she was canonized, I felt the call on my heart to write um, this spiritual journey with her. And so... What a joy now to see it kind of released into the world and to be able to share her with other women. Although I have to say this, too, that as I talk to people about her, there is a surprising number of them who say, oh, yeah, I've loved her for a long time. So she's kind of been around, but she's been hidden. Like I said, that's kind of her, um, her calling card, that she kind of remains in the background. Well, what I love about what you're saying is, you know, 1907 was, 1906 was long before the new evangelization, right? Some of the... the sayings that we have and the understanding of women in the church. So it's really beautiful how the Lord works in a way in which her love for her sister, right, um, in inspired her to do this, to great work of, of helping the women. And now it gets to be such a blessing to us. Yeah. And I love, yeah. go ahead, go ahead, Claire. Right. Well, I was just going to say um, that Pope John Paul II kind of called her when he beatified her he said she had a real prophetic voice, because what you said is true. At the turn of the century, the, you know, now the words, you know, universal call to holiness, that phrase that was kind of coined by Vatican II, which the Church has always taught, by the way, but, you know, really kind of emerged in Vatican II and became part of our vocabulary, that can kind of roll off our tongues. Like, yeah, we're all called to holiness. But what we don't understand is that decades ago, that was not really part of the spiritual landscape of the Church. It was really 
believed, again, the Church never taught this definitively, but it was really just believed that if you wanted to be holy and saintly, you became a priest or a nun. And then, you know, with the rest of us just kind of muddled our way through, and, you know, we did our best. Um, but Elizabeth, part of her of her charism, again, was bringing this understanding to the 40 lay people that she corresponded with from the convent, um, this idea that you can know with intimacy the Christ that I know here, even though you don't have hours to spend in prayer, even though you don't have the ascetical lifestyle that I live, um, even though you don't have the silence that we get to enter into every day, that doesn't matter, because you can have a cloistered heart. And if you just take the time to enter into prayer and know that the Trinity dwells within you, you can have this rich experience that will draw you into the depths of God's love. Um, and, you know, we have the advantage now of having a lot of apostolates and ministries that do teach us to pray and invite us into a deeper relationship. But at her time, this was really kind of revolutionary. So I really believe that she was a prophetic voice and, um, and that she's emerging in the Church today because... I believe that she's a prophet of this new movement of the Holy Spirit that we see happening now. Absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about this amazing book you wrote, because this is not just like a biography of St. Saint Tr- Elizabeth of the Holy Trinity. This is a spiritual journey. And I got my copy and I took it with me to church on Saturday and started reading through it. And this is really um, a meditative piece and something for each person to pick up, to read and to slowly ponder over. So tell us a little bit more about how it's set up and what you think that intend readers, how that you intend readers to use this book. Yeah, well, the book kind of um, developed organically. Um, I I knew I wanted to write about her, but like you guys, I'm a busy mom and I just I didn't exactly know how it was going to come together. So I started writing posts about her life on our on spiritualdirection.com. And what I realized was happening was that there was so much that I can relate to about her life. Just like, honestly, if we really look at the lives of the saints, if we take them off the pedestal, you know, that we sometimes put them on, and we really dig into their characteristics and their personalities and their struggles and their sufferings and their family and their desires, we're going to find echoes of our own life. And so as I started digging into her life, I started to relate to her, and it just kind of organically poured out on the page. And when I had done enough, I thought, you know what, I think this could be a book. So about halfway through, I submitted it to the publisher and um, got the contract with Sophia. And then it really became something, you know, where I just had to organize her life in light of these universal themes that we might all experience in one way or another. So it's kind of my journey with Elizabeth. It's a little bit of my life, a little bit of other saints, um, a little bit of stories of friends of mine woven together with hers. I think just to illustrate the point that you two know so well through your own writing that the saints are very close to us, they're very relatable, and that we can find these universal themes and really relate to them um, and a beautiful and a myriad of levels um, ourselves. So it's, so basically, I want to invite the reader through Elizabeth to explore their own lives, their own spiritual journeys to um, there's questions at the end of every chapter so they can kind of reflect a little bit and hopefully by the end of the book have a greater understanding of who they are and what God is calling them to as well. 
So we're going to get super practical for a second, Claire. You have six children. Michelle has four. I have seven. You know, you've had this amazing impact with with meeting Sister St. Elizabeth, you know, of the Trinity. Maybe you could give us one takeaway. Like, what is the one thing that you want somebody to, you know, that to, to grow spiritually? You know, what's what's some advice? Because I know that you can't sit around praying all day, but at the same time, you know, is it an interior change? What what was that that one moment or that takeaway? You know, one thing that I really was impacted by when I was reading about her life was one reason that she had so much wisdom to give to the laity. And really, she had a lot of wisdom for a young woman who died when she was 26. So like St. Therese, she died very young in the convent. Um, but in her short life, she got a lot of wisdom because she wanted to enter the convent for uh, a period of like seven years before she actually could, from the time she discerned a call to the time her mother allowed her to enter when she was 21. So she had to have this period of waiting where she knew she had a vocation, but she just felt continually frustrated and had to learn to surrender to the will of God and had to learn how to have this spiritual life even in the midst of parties and piano recitals and traveling and everything that the world had to offer. And I could really relate to that because, you know, yes, I did write a book and I'm working and doing all these things, but there was a period of my life where I wasn't doing any of that. I was at home with six young children, and I felt like I was really living this hidden life. I felt like maybe God had more for me, but it just wasn't happening. He was just really calling me to be present to my family. And I think a lot of us go through seasons. That season may come at the end of our life when we're caring for elderly parents. It might be while we're a student. It might be that we believed we're called to marriage, but that just hasn't materialized yet. And those periods can feel very fruitless and very dry, But the reality is that God is doing something very, very powerful in our seasons of waiting and in our hidden seasons. And true enough, um, if Elizabeth hadn't had that period of waiting, she would never have had the spirituality that she had in the convent. She would never have been able to write what she wrote, and arguably she may never have been a saint. So God is making us saints in our hidden times, in our dry spells and in our periods of waiting. And for me, that was just a really profound realization. Ah. Well, you are listening to Inspired by Faith, a program of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. I'm Michelle Fanley, and I'm in the studio with Emily Jaminette, and our featured guest today is Claire Dwyer. And Claire, we have one more quick question. We, we want to honor your everyone's time, but we were super excited to hear that Sister Miriam and the podcasting crew at Abiding Together are using your book, This Present Paradise, for a Lenten study. So can you share with our listeners how how this is going to work and how they can participate? Absolutely, yeah. This was a real thrill for me when I heard that they were going to use the book um, for their Lenten study. Um, so the book is going to be broken up by chapters throughout Lent, um, starting in the first Monday of Lent and then going all the way through the six Mondays of Lent. The ladies are going to be discussing it on the podcast, and then they have a Facebook group, Abiding Together podcast um, discussion group, where you can hop on and um, share insights from reading and answer questions and dialogue with everybody that way, too. Um, if you go to Abiding Together podcast, um, their page, um, there's a link to the details of the Lenten study with all of the dates and the information on how to order the book um, 
and everything right there. So, yeah, it'll be fun. I'll be listening along with everybody else, and then I'll be a guest on the final um, episode um, of the series as well. So that'll be fun. Well, I gasped before we a few minutes ago because I just wanted to say thank you for your yes and your wisdom and really um, allowing us to just you know, come to know this this beautiful saint and spending time with us. Could you share with our listeners the best way that they could follow you and, and come to know your journey? Well, thank you so much. Yes. So I do have um, my own website, like you said, even thesparrow.com. I would love it if um, you're interested, just hop over there and sign up, and that way we can keep in touch. I'll let you know when I'm on shows like this or more details about the study or different things that I'm writing as well. Um, and then if you want to order the book, uh, Sophia Press is back-ordered until the end of the month, so hop over to Amazon and grab a copy, and um, I'd love to hear from you and hear what you think. Well, thank you so much. It's been such a gift to chat with you today on, on the phone. We I feel like we've been emailing for years, but now to actually talk to you in person is awesome. I know. I hope it won't be the last time. Absolutely. Well, thank you and take care, Claire. Thank you. So again, we are talking about this idea of friendship with the saints. We had Claire share with us about the importance of St. Elizabeth of the Trinity. Now, Michelle, when we were talking about the saint, I loved your favorite takeaway of, you know, just one quick moment of your favorite story about St. Elizabeth. Yeah, in in Claire's book, she shared a story about um, St. Elizabeth of the Trinity when she was a young child, how she had gone to church with her doll, Jeanette, one day. And the sister there asked if she could borrow the dolly to dress up and use in the manger scene. So um, the mother gave, St. Elizabeth's mother gave the doll to the sister and she put it up on the altar. And during the mass, when Elizabeth realized her dolly was up at the front, she said, wicked priest, give me back my Jeanette. And I was telling Emily, like, I have had stories, like, I could pro- we could probably both write a book on uh, stories about being in church with our children. And I remember one time, my daughter, we went up to communion, and the priest um, didn't give a special blessing to her. And she decided she was going to go get that blessing, and she marched on up toward the altar. And I had my daughter, Leah, who at the time was like six months old, and she was sleeping in my arms. And I've got a sleeping baby, and I'm trying to grab this three-year-old who is fiery as all get out, drag her off the altar, drag her down the aisle. I finally slipped into a pew thinking, okay, we made it. And she starts taking the kneeler and going up and down and up and down and making all this ruckus. And I was so humiliated. I just wanted to die. So finally, like, grabbed her, had Leah, had in both my arms, started marching out the church. And thankfully, an older gentleman who was in a former faith sharing group of mine came out and helped me. And I just started sobbing because it was so embarrassing. So it's good to see, like, the mothers of saints, right? They had the same struggles as we do as as moms. So that was my favorite oh, story. We had a good laugh when you told me that the first time because it's true. It's There's a lot of humbling moments. And I'm very excited to go through this book and really understand um, the gift of our vocation of, of, you know, whatever that walk is that the saints have gone before us. They're there to help us. They're there to be present. And as we talk about, you know, this practical, what, what are some of the things you can do to come to know the saints? And I think that this is something definitely worth commenting on. And 
one of the things that you and I've learned through writing these books is reading the actual text of what they wrote, reading their diaries, reading their letters. Um, you know, for me, reading the letters of St. Zelie was a huge gift, St. Therese Martin's mother. And these love letters back and forth um, between her and her husband really gave me perspective on even my own daily tasks and things that maybe I was struggling with, she was able to give me light to the to the gift, the the opportunity, especially later on when she was sick. Yeah, and also find out, you know, ask your your parents and your grandparents or what who their family favorite saints are because there's so many beautiful stories. If you ask to hear, you know, how your grandmother was devoted to a certain saint and that has a, a family history. And I know I loved you had some great St. Therese of the Sioux stories in your family, Emily. I do. My grandmother has a huge devotion. She had to St. Therese, the little flower, and it was really special. I actually got her statue many years later after she passed. But my mom, I would kind of stress her out in high school based on my behavior. So she would start saying novenas. She was always praying novena St. Therese to help um, to help me and, and to know. And even my college choices, I still remember when she stopped on the side of the road thanking God for these dozen of roses in the middle of rain and said it was a sign that, you know, where I would go to college, that I ultimately did go to the college of the one that she wanted for me. So it was just neat to see that her love for St. Therese has now been passed on to a love that I have as well. Yeah, and our families have these wonderful devotions. And then when you share them with your children, and it's a great way to talk about the saints and introduce them to this friendship with the saints. Now, I hope that our listeners are inspired to make friendships with the saints. And we are going to close in prayer in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, my God, Trinity, whom I adore, help me to become utterly forgetful of myself so that I may establish myself in you as changeless and calm as though my soul were ready and eter- already in eternity. Let nothing disturb my peace, nor draw me forth from you, O oh, my unchanging God, but at every moment may I penetrate more deeply into the depth of your mystery. Give peace to my soul, make it your heaven, your cherished dwelling place in the place of your repose. Let me never leave you there alone, but keep me there, wholly attentive, wholly alert, in my faith, wholly adoring and fully given up to your creative action. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Inspired by Faith, a program of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. To learn more about our conference and to hear archives of this show, please visit ColumbusCatholicWomen.com and InspireTheFaith.com. We hope you have enjoyed today's program. We hope that you are blessed by our our words and that you are inspired to develop friendship with the saints and become a saint yourself. Amen. Amen. God bless you today and always.